Welcome to this week's special episode of the Divine Lantern, 2021 in Reflection. With the blessing of His Eminence, Metropolitan Basilios, the Antiochian Orthodox Archdiocese presents a podcast featuring a curation of clips from this year to educate, empower, and enrich. I'm your host, Jonathan, from McCoy, an Antiochian Christian Orthodox youth from New South Wales. In this week's 2021 Reflection episode, we'll hear a number of short readings from our Philocalic Nourishment series and three readings from our Orthodox authors on thoughts, sin, and the Mother of God and the Saints. First, though, we begin with the morning prayer service or prayers upon awakening. O God, be gracious to me, a sinner. O God, be gracious to me, a sinner. O God, be gracious to me, a sinner. Glory to you, our God, glory to you. O heavenly King, comforter and spirit of truth, you who are in all places and fill all things, the treasury of blessings and the giver of life, come to dwell in us, cleanse us from every stain, and save our souls, O gracious one. Holy God, holy mighty, holy immortal, have mercy on us. Holy God, holy mighty, holy immortal, have mercy on us. Holy God, holy mighty, holy immortal, have mercy on us. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, both now and ever, and to the ages of ages. Amen. All Holy Trinity, have mercy on us. Lord, cleanse us from our sins. Master, pardon our iniquities. Holy One, visit and heal our infirmities for your name's sake. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, both now and ever and to the ages of ages. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, both now and ever and to the ages of ages. Amen. As we arise from sleep, we fall down before you, O good one, and we cry to you with the hymn of the angels, O mighty one. Holy, holy, holy are you, O God, Through the Theotokos, have mercy on us. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Having raised me from bed and from sleep, O Lord, enlighten my mind and my heart, and open my lips that I may praise you, O Holy Trinity. Holy, holy, holy are you, O God. Through the Theotokos, have mercy on us. Both now and ever, and to the ages of ages. Amen. Suddenly the judge shall come and the deeds of each shall be laid bare. But let us cry out with fear in the midst of the night. Holy, holy, holy are you, O God. Through the Theotokos, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. As I rise from sleep, I thank you, O Holy Trinity, For because of your great goodness and long-suffering, you were not wroth with me, the slothful and sinner. Nor did you destroy me in my iniquities, but did show your wanted love for man. And when I was prostrate in despair, you did raise me to keep the morning watch and glorify your dominion. 
and now enlighten the eyes of my mind. Open my mouth to meditate on your words and to understand your commandments and to do your will and to chant to you in heartfelt confession and praise your all-holy name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, both now and ever and to the ages of ages. Amen. Glory be to you, O Almighty God and King, for in your divine and man-befriending providence you have deemed me, who am a sinner and unworthy, worthy to rise up from sleep and to enter your holy house. O Lord, receive the voice of my supplication as you receive that of your holy noetic powers and be well pleased that with a pure heart and in a spirit of humility praise be offered to you from my defiled lips so that I, with the radiant lamp of my soul, may also become a communicant with the wise virgins and glorify you, God the Word, glorified in the Father and the Spirit. Amen. O Christ, the true light, who does enlighten and sanctify every man who comes into the world, let the light of your countenance be signed upon us, that in it we may behold the unapproachable light, and guide our steps in the performance of your commandments by the intercessions of your all-immaculate Mother and of all your saints. Amen. Through the prayers of our Holy Fathers, O Lord Jesus Christ our God, have mercy on us and save us. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. You cannot attain pure prayer while entangled in material things and agitated by constant cares. For prayer means the shedding of thoughts. Evagrios the Solitary
A seed will not grow without earth and water. And a man will not develop without voluntary suffering and divine help. St. Mark the Ascetic On Thoughts A chapter from our thoughts determine our lives. The life and teachings of Elder Thaddeus of Vitovnica. Our life depends on the kind of thoughts we nurture. If our thoughts are peaceful, calm, meek and kind, then that is what our life is like. If our attention is turned to the circumstances in which we live, we are drawn into a whirlpool of thoughts and can have neither peace nor tranquility. Everything, both good and evil, comes from our thoughts. Our thoughts become reality. Even today, we can see that all of creation, everything that exists on the earth and in the cosmos, is nothing but divine thought made material in time and space. We humans were created in the image of God. Mankind was given a great gift, but we hardly understand that. God's energy and life is in us, but we do not realize it. Neither do we understand that we greatly influence others with our thoughts. We can be very good or very evil, depending on the kind of thoughts and desires we breed. If our thoughts are kind, peaceful and quiet, turned only toward good, then we also influence ourselves and radiate peace all around us, in our family, in the whole country, everywhere. This is true not only here on earth, but in the cosmos as well. When we labour in the fields of the Lord, we create harmony. Divine harmony, peace and quiet spread everywhere. However, when we breed negative thoughts, that is a great evil. When there is evil in us, we radiate it among our family members and wherever we go. So you see, we can be very good or very evil. If that's the way it is, it is certainly better to choose good. Destructive thoughts destroy the stillness within, and then we have no peace. Our starting point is always wrong. Instead of beginning with ourselves, we always want to change others first and ourselves last. If everyone were to begin first with themselves, then there would be peace all around. St. John Chrysostom said that no one can harm the man who does not injure himself, not even the devil. You see, we are the sole architects of our future. By his thoughts, man often disturbs the order of creation. That is how the first people were destroyed, in a flood, because of their evil thoughts and intentions. This is true even today. Our thoughts are evil and therefore we do not bear good fruit. We must change. Each individual must change. But it is unfortunate that we do not have examples to guide us, either in our families or in society. The Old Testament people were unable to accept God's boundless love. Likewise, they were unable to accept his commandments and continued to follow the ancient rule 
of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Even today, we Christians still adhere to this Old Testament rule and are therefore surrounded by evil. We are also surrounded by many unpleasant things in life which destroy our inner peace. We are unable to forgive even our own brother, let alone others. You can see now how it goes. When we nurture evil thoughts, we become evil. We may think that we are good, but evil is in us. We do not have the strength to resist it. And we know that, as Christians, we must not even think evil, let alone do it. We, however, have divine power, divine life, and divine energy. On the day of the final judgment, we shall have to give an answer for the way that we have used this divine power, life, and energy, which have been given to us, whether we have contributed to the harmony in the universe or have sown disharmony. The Lord has taken all of our sufferings and cares upon himself, and he has said that he will provide for all our needs. Yet we hold on to our cares so tightly that we create unrest in our hearts and minds, in our families and all around us. Whenever I am burdened by problems, and when I try to bear all the cares of the monastery and the brotherhood by myself, then there is trouble in store for me and the brethren. Even the easiest job is carried out with great difficulty. But when I commit myself, the brotherhood and everything else, unto the Lord, even the hardest of jobs gets done with ease. There is no pressure and peace reigns among the brethren. The Lord is present everywhere and nothing happens without his will or his permission, either in this life or in eternity. When we accept this idea, everything is made easier. If God would allow us to do everything the way we desire and when we desire, this would certainly result in catastrophe. One cannot even imagine the chaos that would occur. God reminds us in different ways of his presence. We, however, quickly forget about it, especially when things are going well for us. We forget that we are here for a short time only, and we think that we will be around forever. But when misfortune strikes, we cry, Lord, have mercy. This is why we should try hard to change our character for the better. Once, two women came to me and brought a third who was dragging her leg. She could barely walk. She said that she had been to several doctors, but they were not able to say what was wrong with her. I told her that her nerves were weak. I also told her that mine was a worse case than hers. She said that her husband had left her. Of course he has, I said. Who is going to take care of the children? Who will prepare his meals for him when you are so depressed? You are not physically ill. You are too depressed. Sing. Sing and your husband will come back to you. I told her that I was going to the church to read some prayers and that I wanted her to go home by herself. She looked at me for a while and then practically ran to the car. The other two were amazed. She is well, I said, and she no longer needs your help.
Fasting, while of value in itself, is not something to boast of in front of God, for it is simply a tool for training those who desire self-restraint. The ascetic should not feel proud because he fasts, but with faith in God, he should think only of reaching his goal. For no artist ever boasts that his accomplishment is simply due to his tools, but he waits for the work itself to give proof of his skill. Saint Diodocus of Fotiki. You should know that the body's sufferings belong to it by nature, inasmuch as it is corruptible and material. The disciplined soul must therefore gratefully show itself persevering and patient under such sufferings, and must not blame God for having created the body. Saint Anthony the Great There is nothing to prevent us from calling a doctor when we are ill. Since Providence has implanted remedies in nature, it has been possible for human experimentation to develop the art of medicine. All the same, we should not place our hope of healing in doctors, but in our true Saviour and Doctor, Jesus Christ. Saint Diadokos of Fortiki. Sin, a chapter from The Forgotten Medicine, The Mystery of Repentance, by Archimandrite Seraphim Alexiev. Dear readers, we are created for God and only in Him do we find the paramount bliss for which our heart is constantly yearning. Nothing other than God can make our souls happy. Give man everything which he desires. He will enjoy it for a while, but afterwards he will become indifferent to it because he feels that something else, much more elevated, is missing. Is it not in the way that the child too enjoys every new toy until it grows hungry? Then it abandons the toy and looks for food. 
a certain inextinguishable inner hunger for truth, joy and peace in the Holy Spirit torments our soul and does not give us peace, even among the best pleasures of life and among the most enviable achievements in the world. This blessed hunger is a hunger for God. Blessed Augustine is right in his confessions before God. Thou madest us for thyself, and our heart is restless until it repose in thee. The only guest who can make our soul happy is God. And if God is our paramount bliss, it is clear that that which obstructs the way to God must be the greatest evil for us. Such an evil is sin. The end result of sin is an ultimate separation from God. And since God is the happiness of the human heart, separation from God is a deprivation of that happiness or eternal sorrow. If sin is such a terrible evil, why do all of us commit sin so carelessly? How have we gotten to the point of befriending our sins most intimately, of getting used to them to such a degree that most of us today think that sin is unavoidable in life? How have we been able to stand and still stand the filth, dust and cobwebs in the ruins of our hearts, living with a dull insensibility in this disorder, amid the stench of our lawlessness? All this is simply inexplicable. But it is a fact. Hardened, morally dulled, we have become indifferent towards the call of our own conscience and towards the concern for our salvation. And this indifference has come to the point where we underestimate the weight and the faithfulness of our wickedness. We think that we are not doing anything really bad when we sin. Oh, if we could measure the whole weight of our sins and if we would feel clearly that this weight is pulling us towards the bottom of hell. We would rather agree that the earth swallow us and that the rocks bury us than for us to sin and anger God. Take courage, sinners. There is deliverance for us. Jesus Christ, who carried on his shoulders the sin of all humanity and who paid our debts to God with his death on the cross, can take our sin on his shoulders as well. It is not because of this that St. Andrew of Crete prays in the name of all of us who sin before God. Take my heavy sinful burden away from me and give me tears of repentance. We must shed tears of repentance because there are only two kinds of water which can wash away the filth of sin, the water of baptism and the tears of repentance. Furthermore, as St. John Climacus asserts, greater than baptism itself is the fountain of tears after baptism, even though it is somewhat audacious to say so, for baptism is the washing away of evils that were in us before. But sins committed after baptism are washed away by tears. As baptism is received in infancy, we have all defiled it, but we cleanse it anew with tears. And if God in his love for mankind had not given us tears, those being saved would be few indeed and hard to find.
Men are of three kinds, slaves, hirelings or sons. Slaves do not love the good, but refrain from evil out of fear of punishment. This is a good thing, but not fully in accord with God's will. Hirelings love what is good and hate what is evil out of hope of reward. But sons, being perfect, refrain from evil, not out of fear of punishment, but because they hate evil violently, and they do what is good, not because they hope for reward, but because they consider it their duty. St. Peter of Damascus When the rain falls upon the earth, it gives life to the quality inherent in each plant, sweetness in the sweet, astringency in the astringent. Similarly, when grace falls upon the hearts of the faithful, it gives to each the energies appropriate to the different virtues without itself changing. St. Maximus the Confessor The wisdom of God is revealed in his becoming by nature a true man. His justice is shown by his assumption, at his nativity, of a possible nature identical to our own. His might is shown by his creation, through his suffering and death, of a life that is by nature eternal and of a state of dispassion that is immutable. Saint Maximus the Confessor of God and the Saints, a chapter from Wisdom from Mount Athos, the writings of Staret Silwan, 1866-1938, by Archimandrite Sophroni. My soul trembles and is afraid when I consider the glory of the Mother of God. She put not in writing the tale of her soul's affliction, and we know little of her life on earth. Her heart, her every thought, her entire soul were wrapped in the Lord. But to her was given something further. She loved mankind and prayed ardently for people, for newly converted Christians, that the Lord might sustain them, and for the whole world, that all might be saved. This prayer was her joy and comfort on earth. We cannot fathom the depth of the love of the Mother of God, but this we know. The greater the love, the greater the sufferings of the soul. The fuller the love, the fuller the knowledge of God. The more ardent the love, the more fervent the prayer. The more perfect the love, the holier the life. 
O Holy Virgin Mary, tell us thy children of thy love on earth for thy Son and thy God. Tell us how thy spirit rejoiced in God thy Saviour. Tell us how thou didst look upon his fair countenance and reflect that this was he whom all the heavenly hosts wait upon in awe and love. Tell us what thy soul felt when thou didst bear the wondrous babe in thine arms. Tell us how thou didst rear him, how sick at heart thou and Joseph sought him three long days in Jerusalem. Tell us of thine agony when the Lord was delivered up to be crucified and lay dying on the cross. Tell us what joy was thine at the resurrection. Tell us how thy soul yearned after the ascension of the Lord. We long to know of thy life on earth with the Lord, but thou wast not minded to commit all these things to writing, and didst veil thy secret heart in silence. When the soul dwells in the love of God, how good and gracious and joyful all things are. But even with God's love, sorrows continue, and the greater the love, the greater the sorrow. Never by a single thought did the mother of God sin, nor did she ever lose grace, yet vast were her sorrows. When she stood by the cross, her grief was as boundless as the ocean, and her soul knew pain incomparably deeper than Adam's suffering when he was driven from paradise. For the reason that the measure of her love was beyond compare, greater than the love with which Adam loved when he was in paradise. That she did not die was only because the strength of the Lord sustained her. For it was his desire that she should behold his resurrection and live on after his ascension to be the comfort and the joy of the apostles and the new Christian peoples. We cannot discern to the full the love of the mother of God, and so we cannot comprehend all her grief. Her love was complete. She had an illimitable love for God and her son, but she loved the people too with a great love. What then must she have felt when those same people whom she loved so dearly and whose salvation she desired with all her being crucified her beloved son? We cannot understand such things since there is little love in us for God and man. Just as the love of God is boundless and passes our understanding, so is her grief boundless and beyond our understanding. Small and of no account is my mind, and poor and sickly my heart. But my soul rejoices and would fain set down if but a little concerning the mother of God. My soul fears to speak, but love constrains me to tell my gratitude for her compassion. Thank you for taking the time and listening to our first full year of the Divine Lantern. Our first episode aired on December 23rd in 2020, and since then we've had over 12,000 listens of our 53 podcasts. 
these came primarily from Australia, with notable listens from New Zealand, the Philippines, America and Lebanon. We'd also like to extend a very big thank you to our Archbishop Metropolitan Basilios, who has been a significant driver of this podcast. On behalf of all those listening, we wish you a blessed name day on January 1st. Thank you again to all our listeners and please be sure to subscribe to our channel on your favourite podcast provider so not to miss our future episodes. And please spread the word to your family and friends. For more information on our Archdiocese, follow us on our social platforms by searching Antiochian Orthodox Archdiocese Australia. Have a lovely remainder of 2021.